What are we talking about? Right, right and wrong. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Right, right and wrong. Corn Pop was a bad dude. Whoa. Corn Pop was a bad dude. Whoa. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Right, right and wrong. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Welcome to the Right and Wrong Show. This is the show where we try to wake up the woke by talking common sense about the issues of the day. Isn't that right, my man, Juice Box? Yes! Hell yeah! Hey, come on, baby! Come on! Yes! Come on! Yes! Yes! Yes, yes it is, my friend. Yes, it is. I am so happy to be here today, ready to give you guys a locked and loaded full show. Sorry about that little blurb of an episode we had last week, but uh, like we said, we were me and the juice box were getting after it over the Labor Day weekend, so we needed a little bit of a uh, recuperating week, I guess, after the uh, after the fun fun weekend. So happy to be back this week. Excited for the show we got on tap today. You know we're bringing you the rights and wrongs of the week. Those are going to be fun, just like they always are. We have a, a, a um, disturbing, coached, and cringy uh, mother who's leading her child, her adoptive child, down a path of non-binary, make-believe discovery that we have all lined up for you for the Come On Man segment of the day. And we're going to get into that president uh President Unity speech that he gave uh, a few weeks back, right before the uh, the holiday weekend, where he was uh, dressed out in in dark black, blood red background to him, looking like a Mussolini Hitler figure himself over uh, up there in front of everybody, telling us how we're the problem with America these days. We're the fascists. We're the authoritarian state. As he was flanked by the United States Marines right behind him. So we'll get into that speech a little bit, and uh, we'll also talk about um, the story from the Duke volleyball player and the uh, whole investigation into the fake racial slurs hurled out at a BYU volleyball game. So we got all those things on tap, um, plus just so much more personality and greatness from uh, me and the producer. That's what you guys tune in for, isn't it? Isn't it, class? Yes. Class? Yes. Should I cast? Should I stay on? Yes. Okay. Uh, but I've taken up a lot of your time already. Juice, what do you get to say to the people this week, huh? Well, what is socialism? All right, let's define it. According to the dictionary, socialism is a political concept based upon the principle of government ownership and control of property, the means of production, and the avenues of commerce. Under socialism, those who run the government and the communists are confident that in America they eventually will be the ones who do so. Those who run the government will know who is to get something and who has to wait. And that represents control over human beings. I love it. Coming in fire with those every week, my friend. Great, great stuff. Keep it up. Uh, oh, and before we bring in Ric Flair, I will. Uh, I do have to mention... It saddens me and uh, frustrates me to say, but uh, unfortunately, the decision has been made that uh, I will no longer be able to pursue the legal ramifications, the the legal case that uh, we're trying to bring up against the Boston public school system. I know, and uh, I appreciate 
all of you listeners out there, everybody who's stepped up to the plate and thrown a little something towards the cause. Uh, I can assure you that that's going to be redirected to um, somebody who will be able to take this up. Um, it's just, it's gotten, it got to the point where the lawyers in the team, um, they basically said that with, with my move to South Carolina, it kind of takes the, um, takes the option off the table to be able to sue the Boston public school system because we'd be suing for a resolution to the case. And obviously me moving has, uh, provided a resolution. Uh, I know Brian Festa, the, um, organizer, of We the Patriots USA. He asked what we mean. Me and him spoke at great length the other day. Uh, he's trying to pick my brain to find somebody who else, maybe in the Boston area, in the Boston public school system, that would be willing to attach their name to it and step up to the plate. Because um, we know that this stuff's going on and, and it's a winner of a case. He's looking for people that are dealing with the same stuff that are willing to attach their names to it and to, um, you know, stand up for what's right. And, they want to continue to go forward and they want to bring a case like this um, because they think it's going to be able to go all the way to the Supreme Court. I am disappointed personally because I was really looking forward to being the face of that. I was hoping uh, to be able to bring this all the way up there. That would have been so cool in my mind if I could have got uh, to go to the Supreme Court with this thing. But obviously I did get a solution to it. Uh, it's sad that I had to move, you know, 18 hour drive away from my home to be able to do that and it shouldn't have to come to this. Uh, and that's what Brian, uh, who I spoke with from we, the Patriots had said, he said, unfortunately, a lot of times with situations like this, it's people will just take matters into their own hands. Like I did. And, um, me and Ashley and my, my family, what we did was, um, instead of waiting around for the legal ramifications to, to play out, we took matters into our own hands and moved. So, a lot of people end up doing that instead of trying to fight the fight. So uh, all that to say, I'm personally disappointed, but still very passionate. I'm still going to be working with the with the people from We the Patriots USA, and we do have um, I do have something coming up in October where I'm going to be doing another interview with Karen Gregson from um, Faithful Freedom Podcast, and she's going to have somebody else on and me, and we're going to be talking about this type of uh, stuff, this issue. So. Um, I'm still going to be involved. I still want to be involved. I want to help that organization out as much as I can. And, you know, all my people out there in Boston, anybody, uh, if you have kids and they are in the Boston public school system, please keep your eyes open and, uh, you know, reach out, contact me, and I could definitely put you in contact with the correct people. And like I said, they're going to be looking for people all across the country. Uh, they just, you know, Boston seemed very appealing. They, they were started uh, in the Northeast. They had lawyers right up in that area. So it would have been, would have been worked out perfectly. So uh, like I said, a little disappointed that we can't go forward with it, but uh, I do appreciate all the support and um, love from the listeners here that we did receive. So with that being said, I think it's time to uh, welcome in the man. To be the man, you have to beat the man, I think is what he says, right? Mr. Ric Flair himself, because it is showtime, baby. Woo! Showtime! Woo! 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 All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is good to be back after uh, a little bit of a week off there, kind of a little bit of downtime. Uh, got a lot of stuff to catch up on. And I think the uh, perfect way to lead things off and to start uh, would be to acknowledge and discuss the 9-11, you know, anniversary that just passed this past Sunday. It's been 21 years 
since that horrible, horrible day. And it is going to be one of those moments for me that's always been life-changing. Um, I was 17 years old. I think we were 17, junior in high school. And it was just one of those wow moments that you'll never, I'll never forget the rest of my life. And I guess for the purposes of, of our show here and what we like to talk about, I kind of want to talk about what happened after the fact, right? And the narrative surrounding it and, um, you know, in, in years since, because right afterwards, and, and I'm not the only one who notices this or, or talks about it, but we saw everybody, right, had flags hanging from their house, American flags all over the place, sporting events. They're up in New England, New England Patriots fan here, uh, you know, greatest quarterback coach combo that's ever existed. But before they became who they became, it was that season. That was the first year they won a Super Bowl. But the first week after uh, 9-11 happened, one of their offensive linemen, Joe, Joe Andruzzi, he had three brothers that were firefighters in New York, and he came flying out of the tunnel with like the little American flags in his hand. His brothers were were on the field, like the crowd went nuts. It, it was one of those moments that like get you all emotional, and those guys are heroes. They really are. It makes you realize, um, you know, put sports into perspective a little bit for people. New York started doing the. God bless America and the seventh inning of, of baseball games. And it was awesome. It was good to see our entire country kind of unified. The unfortunate thing is that did not last long, right? People got on Bush maybe three months later, couple, not even. I, I, I don't remember exactly the time frame, but he was getting hammered. Like all the stories about did he know about it and the false narratives that started getting framed by the Democrats and by their mainstream media and their political allies in the press trying to act like this guy had something to do with it or, or could have prevented it. And it, it was shameful. And it still is when you look back on it and you kind of see some of that stuff still going on. And when Biden and Harris were giving speeches uh, on Sunday talking about 9-11, they subtly tried to link Al-Qaeda with people from January 6th. You know, we swore to protect this country from all terrorists uh, both foreign and domestic. And when you notice the way they talk about MAGA Republicans, they say like extremists. And it's, you know, the way they talked about Al-Qaeda, the, the Al-Qaeda extremists, terrorist extremists. And they talk about the right like that now. Again, it's it's a subtle wordplay, but they try to frame the narrative to make you feel, you know, put these buzzwords into people's heads through the media, through social media, and they want you, the regular American, to make that connection in your head. It's like, uh, <laughs> I, I know I'm not, uh, I don't speak for everyone. It, it, there's some people that kind of hate it, but I'm a big fan of the movie Inception. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Leo guy. I hate when he's not acting because he talks like a moron and he's a rich entitled elitist, but guy's a hell of an actor, but Inception's a great movie. I think it's awesome. Fun action movie, but that's the way the democratic party works with this stuff is it's like, they're trying to plant that seed into someone's mind and then let you make the connection and make you feel like it's something you came, came to on your own yet. They've, they've been 
been laying the groundwork for that for you. It's the same type of stuff they do when they trot out Jon Stewart to talk about this not the 9/11 bill that they say Republicans are trying to hold up and not pass in they try to get your emotions on it because they know 9-11 is an emotional moment, but they don't tell you what's in the package or what's in the bill or, or the reasoning behind things. They just have, they bring this this actor out there to scream, yell, and pound and, and try and make it seem like Republicans don't care about people that are still sustaining long-term injuries from 9-11, you know, lung injuries, um, things like that, and that Republicans are trying to shut that down, which is not the case. But again, it's it's the way they frame things. It's the reason why they call the stupid act that Biden just passed the Inflation Reduction Act when it does nothing to reduce inflation. But they know that, that there's enough people out there that are not paying attention, that are just sheep and will listen to what CNN tells them, and they'll see the headline, Inflation Reduction Act. And, and maybe like blocked by Republicans or something like, oh, why wouldn't the Republicans want to reduce inflation? Oh, crazy Republicans. But it's like, no, that's done for a reason. It's by design. It's manipulative. And it's just, it's not right. But politically, both sides do that type of stuff. It's frustrating that not enough Americans want to understand the ramifications of these things or want to know what's really going on. You want to just be stuck by the buzzwords uh by the headline and and be okay with that but um you know i know i started off talking about 9-11 and i just wish we could get back to a place in this country where we realize that massachusetts and florida texas and california they couldn't be more different politically but they're still a hell of a lot more different than al-qaeda but even though we might have differences politically, we have a hell of a lot more in common with each other than we do with terrorists from the Middle East, terrorists from anywhere else in the, in the world. And we need to get back to a place where we realize that our country is a place worth preserving. And we're not going to have a country to preserve if we keep continuing to fight amongst ourselves while the rest of the world around us gets stronger and stronger. All right, it's that time in the show when we get to get to our wrongs of the week. And uh, yeah, there's always some uh, pretty pretty disgusting, disturbing, dangerous uh, rhetoric, narrative themes that come up during, uh, during these wrongs. So without further ado, let's jump right into it and go to uh, number five. Ready, Juice? So this one here is the White House's new uh, monkeypox czar. This guy, uh, he was making the rounds after delivering this little these comments during a press briefing. And the funny thing is, when I saw it uh, up on Twitter, it was a still side by side of uh, him in like a GQ looking photo spread that he had on like uh, suit pants, dress shirt all the way unbuttoned down to like the belly button and underneath had on like leather fishnet disgusting looking thing, whatever it was. And he's all tatted up and stuff. And then you see him in this press conference and he's got like the suit and the glasses on. Uh, but it just furthered the, the, um, the, what should be alarming tendency here by the Biden administration to keep putting these, um, fringy, 
uh, kind of, you know, degenerate, like low life, um, personally type of people out there. I mean, this goes right along with, uh, Richard Levine, the, the man who thinks he's a woman that wants to run the health um, organizations. This also goes along with, uh, I, I can't think of the person's name, but the guy who um, is in the administration that had photos leaking, dressed like the gimp from Pulp Fiction. Bring out the gimp. And he, he's dragging his partner around on a leash in leather. And no wonder the type of uh, policies that this administration is trying to pursue. You got people that are in the extreme minorities, these little uh, internet circles of depraved uh, sexual fantasies that they live in, and they're the people that are in the most important seats uh, in government now, trying to represent the majority of Americans. They don't speak for all of us. And it's surrounding yourself with people like this that has led the Biden administration and the Democratic Party on a whole down this path of losing complete touch with the rest of us, with the normal people in the world. Sorry, um, dressing in leather, wearing masks and dragging your sexual partner, whether it's a, a traditional male-female relationship, a male-male, a female-female, or whatever else they want to throw out there these days, that's not healthy. That's not normal. That's strange. That's weird. And it's okay to say that. But we got people like that deciding policy now for the rest of the country and on a larger extent, the the world, since we're still, or we should still be, the world leaders out there. But uh, all that to say, take a listen to what this guy had to say about uh, monkeypox and what the administration advises to do about that. Juice? Number five. Through very close skin-to-skin physical contact, often in the setting of sexual exposure. But um, there are other mechanisms for its transmission, including if you touch objects that individuals who've had monkeypox touch, or if, um, if you have prolonged exposure to respiratory droplets. With that said, signaling to people um, who are in the gay, bisexual, other men who have sex with men communities, and also transgender people who have sex with men, that it's really important to have awareness that it's circulating in the community is really a critical part of the messaging, while not generating um, you know, inordinate concern and really focusing on the infection as linked to an identity. So it's just an infection. It's not linked to an identity wow they are so afraid of calling a spade a spade sorry if you enjoy having uh anal sex with a with a fellow male male on male sex you're going to be more susceptible to getting monkeypox than if you um just enjoy standard traditional sex with um sexual difference as as the primary uh factor in that relationship it is what it is. Like, how is that so hard to, to understand? It's not homophobic. It's not trying to uh, make anybody feel bad about the decisions they make. If that's what you want to do, go ahead and do it. But just understand you're at a much higher risk of contracting monkeypox. Same thing can be said about AIDS. If you have unprotected gay sex or you share needles, dirty needles with people while doing drugs, you're at a much greater risk of getting AIDS than you or me. It just is what it is. And trying to couch that and hide it and and use these uh, different terminologies to make it sound um, uh, 
I don't know, less, uh, they think that makes it sound less aggressive or less, uh, you know, mean. I, I, I don't, I really don't even understand the logic behind it. Just treat people like adults. Treat us like we have a brain. Tell us what's what and then let people make decisions. Don't come up there talking with all, all the nonsense. Oh, in, uh, people in the gay, lesbian community, people in the uh, males who have sex with other males community. Didn't you just say that when you said the gay community? Um, transgenders who also have se- who have sex with men. Like, what? What are we talking about here, you moron? Go do another photo shoot in your, in your weird leather uh, uh, like stuff. I, I, I don't know what you're going to do here, but go away. We don't need you to, to couch it. Simply put, here, just send them to the right and wrong show, okay? It's like, like I know we go to liar, liar quite a bit here too, but uh, it's almost like when, when uh, remember when he gets that call from uh, <laughs> from the guy who's wondering what to do because he just like broke the law again, like stole a car or something, and it's now the point when he can't tell the lie, he just grabs the phone and screams into it, stop breaking the law, a-hole! That's it. You don't need this guy up there with all his buzzwords and trying to put it that way. Stop having random sex with other men. That's it. Just take a break. If you're in a monogamous uh, gay relationship, you should have no problem. Because, you know, as long as you know your partner's fine, you should be fine. This stuff is spreading and happening because of orgies, specifically gay orgies. It started in a bathhouse in Europe. So that's it. All right, I guess we got to move on. Next. All right, the number four wrong of the week. We're going to go right back to uh, (laughs) Democratic uh, Senate candidate in Pennsylvania, John Fetterman, in his uh, hoodie. Now, we've been talking about Mr. Fetterman a lot lately, and you should know by now he has recently had a stroke, and now he's at the point where he's trying to use that stroke as sympathy, trying to call his opponents or people that are critical of him mean or or making fun of him for having a stroke. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to make fun of you. I'll make fun of you for wearing a hoodie when you're almost 60 years old and you're applying to be a senator in the United States of America. Sure, I'll make fun of you for that all day. But the simple fact is a majority of your job consists of public speaking, being able to to think, being able to have high-functioning brain capacity. And I'm sorry, if you just suffered a stroke, that is an injury to your brain. You should not be running for the Senate anymore. I mean, this guy cannot put a sentence together. He can't speak. And we understand why. That's okay. It still doesn't justify being able to do the job. Why don't we go to uh, Fetterman himself and, and show you guys what we're talking about. Juice? Number four. You didn't have a doctor in your life making fun of it, making light of it, or telling you that you're not fit to be served. Can you describe a stroke and what, you know, what's happened? So I, I use the example. So pretend I was, I want to go to Wegmans. It's such the most important race for the Senate here for 22. We have to replace Pat Toomey. Oh, no. no. 
Senator Toomey was not very nice to me. He, Pat Toomey is a miracle. He had a chance, he had a chance to match me up again. Abortion is the ballot now in November. It's sad. It really is. Like, like I said, I understand the man had a stroke. What's he doing pursuing a career in public office? Get out of the way. Next. All right. We're going to go over to this one that we found on, uh, on TikTok that was a kid um, <laughs> that was outside of a Michael Knowles speaking engagement. And he was being, you know, interviewed by just one of those, one of those like man on the street type of things. So let's hear what this kid had to say. Big political violence uh, fan. Juice? Number three. Civilian Antifa? No, God no. What about the violence they do? They're so bad. Uh, I think that violence is a useful political tool. And if wielded in the proper fashion, that, I mean, collateral damage happens, that's a shame, and people need to be careful. So if someone was in there, and they got and Antifa was in there, and they got violent with Michael Knowles, would you disavow that? Yeah. Because he's, he's not a, a fascist. He's not, like, a hateful person. He's just maybe a little... He's out there talking. He, if he's not... He's saying probably saying some hateful shit. I don't know what he's saying. I don't know much about the man, to be honest. So why protest him? What little I do know was pretty hateful, and I'm not. What do you know? We've already been over this. What have you watched of his? That you're like, oh, this video is bad. He said this, this, and this. Like, tell me something you've watched and evidence you have. So then, how can you be out here? I saw the poster. That was enough for me. You saw the poster. Yeah. That was enough. That was enough. And now you're like okay with like political violence because you saw a poster. No, no, I've been okay with political violence before I knew who this guy was. That's wild, man. You shouldn't say that on camera. I'll say it on camera. I'm okay with political violence. Do you know what Michael Knowles looks like? No. Did you ever see a picture of him? You ever seen a video? Nothing. So you don't even know who this guy. If you went in that room and he was sitting in the chair, you wouldn't be able to point him out. Well, I'm assuming he's on the stage. So I tell whoever's on the stage, go himself. Wow, that's wild. Well, you're very passionate, so that's good. Um, all right, just keep it at 100. Don't attack anyone. I would, just please don't do political violence. Please, let's not get, let's not take it there. I won't if it doesn't get that far. Yeah, uh, that's that's one of those kids who I'm sure was uh, all in favor of the political violence and riots of the summer of 2020 in honor of uh, St. George Floyd. So that's a, a, a big disconnect. Th- those are Biden's people. That, that's one of his uh, one of his main uh, supporters right there. People like that kid. And he's fine with political violence. He's good with it. He doesn't even know Michael Knowles. Never heard a thing the guy's ever said. Couldn't even pick him out in a crowd. Yet he's out there protesting the guy's speech at a college campus. That kid who's okay with political violence, I'm sure, was the first one at the principal's office because he was uh, he he was teased or pushed around in middle school. Ooh, the bullies are after me. Do something about it. Yeah, yeah, they're bullying me. Yeah. But now he's in his twenties and he's fine with political violence because it's needed and necessary, or, or whatever his twisted logic would be. Absolutely ridiculous. Next. All right, let's go over to the doctor himself, Dr. Fauci, uh, because surprise, surprise, he wants to sit there and tell you that uh, get ready for your annual COVID shots, just like the flu shots, ladies and gentlemen. Here he comes. Juice? Number two. It is becoming increasingly clear that looking forward with the COVID-19 pandemic, 
in the absence of a dramatically different variant, we likely are moving towards a path with a vaccination cadence similar to that of the annual influenza vaccine with annual updated COVID-19 shots matched to the currently circulating strains for most of the population. Yep. I mean, we knew it was coming, right? Like, this is this is the direction it's been leading to all along? Of course. Y- you have to be asleep not to figure that one out. <laughs> uh, if this guy had his choice, if he had his way, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, we'd all be like uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest, getting in line for uh, magic pills from Nurse Ratchet. Every morning, wake up, go get your go get your uh, your your pill, and off to work, worker B. Uh, off to go do this. Up, oh, up. Oh, don't worry, we'll provide you a loaf of bread. Here's a little bit of water. Here, have your pill. Go live in your shack. Yep, you're good. Up, oh, don't agree. We'll shut your um electricity off. Up, oh, don't want to go along with the with the shots and the in the the pills and the party line. Up, oh, no worry, no electricity for your electric car. We'll take you off the grid. Oh, don't want to do it? Don't want to listen to Dr. Fauci? Your your debit card's not going to work anymore because we don't have those anymore. It's all thumbprints. And you've been flagged. You're a mega extremist. Can't use your stuff here. This guy's a joke. Go away, doctor. I'm just going to do my job. And I'm going to be saving lives and they're going to be lying. (laughs) Next. And topping things off here at number one is Juice's favorite political leader in the world, Turd Boy himself up there in America's top hat. Turd Boy. Turd Boy. Uh, And (laughs) he takes that Dr. Fauci step stuff and says, I will raise you one. So let's hear what he had to say. Number one, wrong of the week. Trying to bring people together is not always compatible with science, with respect for human rights, with the best way to move things forward. I mean, when Aaron O'Toole talks about, oh yes, we need to unite people, we need to bring people together, he's talking about defending the rights of people who are anti-vax to endanger my kids and endanger us all of future lockdowns and risk all of us having a slower recovery. If you make a choice, a personal choice, to not get vaccinated, then I will have no sympathy for you when you come to me and said, oh, but I can't go out to a restaurant with my friends, or I'm not being allowed to go to the gym, or my employer uh, is telling me I have to continue to work from home. Uh, You don't have a right to endanger others. And you do not have a right to make everybody in your country hypochondriacs. Turd boy, you psycho. Stop. COVID-19 is little more than a flu, and you know this by now. We have evidence of this. Your mandates did not work. Your masks did not work. Your vaccines do not work. That's why you're on booster number 62, and you're still getting it. You breathy moron. Why, Why don't you understand this now? It's not about the vaccine. It's about controlling the people. It's about uh, making everybody uh, do what you want them to do. It's about control. It's about uh, Canada uh, having control over its citizens. This guy wants to act like you're putting his kids in danger by not getting vaccinated. 
Your kids are not in danger. They're in more danger if they get the vaccine. You fool. This guy. And and I don't know now. I'm starting to second guess. I used to just think he was he was dumb and manipulative. Hearing that one, it almost sounds like, like he actually believes this stuff now, too. Who knows? Maybe he is that tapped and that that just dumb that that he does buy into anything that his, uh, you know, his officials might tell him his his narrative might want him to believe. But I think that's given him too much credit because um, it is manipulation. We know that. And he knows that he knows what he's doing. He wants to he, he's you know, he did a good job acting in that one. He has me second guessing him a little bit on that one. But that's the point. He's trying to sell. He's a salesman trying to sell this narrative to you. He's trying to sell this panic because panic scared gives him power and control. And that's what it's been all about the whole time. And we can't let him get away with it no matter how many times he wants to try to do it. We got to keep pushing back. It's not even our country, but we need to push back against that moron because he's dangerous to all of us. That stuff seeps seeps in and it affects the rest of the world too. It really does. Canada's not the most influential place in the world, but they're right there on the same continent as us. So people like him, extremely, extremely dangerous. Next. All right. And that'll wrap up the wrongs of the week. I hope you guys enjoyed those as always. Uh, and we'll bring you some more equally cringy, equally disturbing uh, wrongs next week. All right. All right. All right. Now, uh, I know that news cycles move pretty quickly around here and I understand that we're a little late to the game with this uh, reaction to the ominous Joe Biden speech from about two weeks ago, but I couldn't not touch this one. We had to talk about it. It's so important. It is everything that the Democratic Party wants to push on a narrative um, basis. This whole speech sums up Biden and his whole party uh, and their strategy and the way they conduct uh, themselves the way that they do politics. They know their policies are garbage. They know they put a strain on pretty much everybody except the ultra-rich elitists that make up a good amount of their base. But they also know that they need to sell it to you somehow. They need people to buy in. They need to manipulate, deceive, and uh, trick most of their voters into believing that they're the good guys in this whole equation. And for years, um, they've been relying on Donald Trump and his mean tweets to help scare their base, to help bait a lot of their regular um, suburban, college-educated, liberal voters to help them uh, have that image and that fear of uh, a mean orange man calling somebody fat and ugly on Twitter. So what did Captain Unity do this time president unity he went out put himself in philadelphia pennsylvania and he was in all black dark ominous lighting with the red background flanked by a couple of marines on either side of him and he delivered a speech that um some of the best villains of all time would have stood up and applauded to uh i guess it fits our culture anyways we love the anti-hero these days Tony Soprano, Walter White, 
the Joker. They're all the good guys now in stories as opposed to the evil criminal. So I guess Biden's just trying to play his his role, do his job and, and jump in. But he gave this speech and it was he might as well have been holding a mirror up in front of himself because everything that he claims is being threatened by the Republicans, by the ultra super duper whooper mega group, Donald Trump and his mega Republicans. For everything he accuses of those people, it's actually him and his party that are doing those things. He calls mega Republicans uh, a threat to democracy. He said in this speech, equality and democracy are under assault. Our country's not designed to be a pure democracy. They designed the government to work with checks and balances. This president hates checks and balances. He scoffs at them. He does not want to use the government the way it was run and designed. He wants to turn it into a pure democracy. He wants to be able to rule with mob rule. 51 verse 49, that's what he wants. Things will constantly be flip-flop, flip-flop, flip-flop-flopping. Our form of government was created out of fear of that such type of democracy. And President Unity over there wants to make it seem like mega-Republicans are the dangers to our form of government. He went out of his way to say not every Republican is a mega-Republican. He said mega-Republicans don't respect the Constitution. They don't accept the results of a free and fair election. Does he make any exception for those of us out there who might question whether said election was actually free and fair? I'm happy to accept results of elections. I got no problem with that. Why don't we ask Joe Biden how he felt about the 2016 election or the 2000 election? Or go ask Stacey Abrams and Karen Jean-Pierre how they feel about the Georgia governor election. These people constantly constantly cry and complain about the results of elections when Republicans win. Now, I don't subscribe to like the, the, the way he frames it, I guess. I'm not just willy-nilly challenging what happened in this past election when Biden beat Trump. I would like to, and I do think it deserves to have an actual conversation, and I think it's a fascinating topic to discuss if you really think about what happened in the lead-up to that election. Because it wasn't you know, I don't think it was it was the way your mind would work if you just say, oh, stole an election. I think it was a calculated manipulation that started off with COVID-19 back in March of 2020. And I think the George Floyd race hustle hoax in the burning down of our cities throughout that whole summer played into the results of that election. I also think that changing all of the safeguards that are in place to protect our elections from being stolen were manipulated, changed, and dismissed. So that also had something to do with the results of this election. When you start mailing out ballots all over the place in August and September for an election in November, and you allow drop boxes and ballot harvesting, of course it's going to be much more open to be manipulated. It's going to be a lot easier to screw with the results. Then when you completely stop counting in the middle of the night, shut the place down and come back the next day, and all of a sudden the other candidate's winning, of course that's something to worry about, to question, to think about. There's a reason you're supposed to show up in person to vote. Not saying every mailed-in ballot is a fraud or a fake, but it's a lot easier to tamper with something when it's done that way. It's a lot easier to manipulate an election when you don't have to produce an ID to go vote, to show somebody who you are, your single one-man, one-vote. 
and to frame everybody who thinks that way as a threat in ultra mega Republicans is insane. This man's got a 38% approval rating. So under his rationale, what's that about 60% of us, 62% of the people out there are mega Republicans because they disagree with this man. Get out of here with that Biden. He also said that the people he's talking about, he said this later on in the speech after going out of his way to say not every Republican's a mega Republican. Later on in the speech said, I'm talking about the Republicans that want no right to choose, want no right to privacy. They believe there's no right to contraceptives, no right to marry who you love. Oh, so you're just describing a conservative. You're describing a standard (laughs) Republican voter. Um, If you believe that a baby inside their mother's womb is a life that should be protected and deserves the right to live, you're a MAGA Republican. If you don't think the Constitution explicitly gives you a right to privacy, which it does not, you're a MAGA Republican. The right to contraceptives. What? No. You have the right to abstain from sex before marriage, before you're ready to have a child, if that's what you choose. I get it. A lot easier said than done. There's plenty of people that don't do that. But you need to live with your consequences. You need to understand that there are everything has a, has a cause and an, and an effect in this world. And to pretend that it doesn't and you have some sort of right guaranteed by the Constitution of the United States to a condom? See you later. This guy's insane. The right to marry who you want to love. That's not a constitutional right. That's a debate. Again, you can go into it in all different ways. You really can. But I don't think he even believes that. I heard the point made, and I think it's great, and I'll take it a step further. My man Ben Shapiro said, does Biden believe that a brother has a right to, to marry his sister? Well, what if they love each other? Of course, you don't have a, like you don't have the right to, to marry who you love. Does an adult have the right to marry a child? What if they both say they're in love with each other? I bet you the map lady from a few weeks back would probably be on board with that one. But come on. He knows what he's doing. He says MAGA Republicans fan the flames of political violence from the same group that had... Uh, Oh, man. Maxine Waters. I was going to say, I always blank on her name. Maxine Waters telling you, if you see a Republican out in a restaurant, get up in their face. Let them know they're not welcome. The same party who had a, had a man traveling to Judge Kavanaugh's house to try and assassinate him before Roe vs. Wade got overturned. From the same group that burnt down cities all across the country in the summer of 2020. Fanning the flames of political violence. This whole speech was designed to fan the flames of political violence, says President Scar up there. So why was he doing all this? Very simple. He can't run on his own record. The midterms are coming up. He's done jack. The country's worse off than it was two years ago. He's a terrible president. Democrats are going to get crushed. So what does he want to do? He wants to run against Trump. He wants to scare his base to go out and vote. He wants to get all those... uh, Karen's in the suburbs to get out there to vote and to force their husbands into voting for him too. We know we know the women are the ones who are really in charge at home. He wants you to feel like it's wartime. That's what he wants. And hopefully enough people can see right through it. I know I can, and I'm pretty sure you can because you're listening to the right and wrong show. But we gotta make sure that a lot more people see through this nonsense. Because that was absolutely disgraceful. Worst speech I've ever seen a president in the United States give. Ever. Not a joke. It's not a joke. 
Not a joke. It's about that time in the show where we get to move on to our rights of the week. Who's ready for this? Oh, yeah. I know I'm ready. Juice box over there is ready. You guys out there in the right and wrong audience ready? Oh, yeah, baby. Let's get to these. Right off the bat with our number five right of the week, we're going to go to former President Trump, who was speaking at a rally uh, over the Labor Day weekend. And he had this to say about um, (laughs) Senate candidate John Fetterman. Number five. Fetterman may dress like a teenager getting high in his parents' basement. But he's a raging lunatic hell-bent on springing hardened criminals out of jail in the middle of the worst crime wave in Pennsylvania history. (laughs) Gotta love uh, President Trump there. Right to the point. He doesn't sugarcoat anything there. I got a feeling if Fetterman had uh, made it onto The Apprentice, he would have gotten a yeah-fired bomb right off the bat to him. Get out of here. See you later, buddy. Go get a real job. This guy's the same guy whose parents have supported his political career. Yep, they, it came out like 50 grand or so, upwards upwards of about. Uh, and that's only what was on the books that they've been just giving him so he could live and try and run for office. What a joke that guy is. And the other thing Trump was talking about there is uh, Fetterman was asked in a recent interview uh, if he had like a magic wand, you know, one of these stupid uh, Miss America type of questions. But play the game with me here for a minute. Senate candidate Fetterman, if you had a magic wand and you could uh, swipe that out, use it to do anything you wanted, uh, what would the first thing be that you would do? And this guy said, release criminals from jail. The o- overpopulation in jail. We have an over incarceration. We have too many people stuck in the prison pipeline. That's what this guy's answer was. At least Miss America has the has the wherewithal to say solve world hunger. Come on, Fetterman. You're a joke. Next, over on uh, the fourth right of the week, we're going to go to, uh, again, I've been on record. This is my hope for the 2024 presidential candidate, but it does seem like uh, President Trump is positioning himself for that spot, and I don't think anyone's going to take him on. So... Maybe uh, maybe Governor DeSantis puts himself in a in a VP type of role for four years and then takes over for eight years of his own. But a guy can dream, I guess, huh? So this clip that we're going to play for you is actually an ad that's been running in Florida for DeSantis's um, re-election bid for governor, and it's great. It's uh, it's you know I don't want to get ahead of myself. Let's just go to the tape. Juice number four. Ladies and gentlemen, Governor Ron DeSantis. Today, we deliver for the people of Florida yet again. You saved our jobs. And kept us going. They tried to shut us down, but you saved our business. $1,000 bonuses. You had our backs. And honored our service. You led by facts, not fear. And you let us decide. You let me go to school. You gave me a voice. You put us first. And didn't let them keep us apart. You let us learn. You let us compete. All of us. You protected our right to worship together in person. And you raised our pay. You protected our waters and kept Florida beautiful. When they attacked you, you didn't cave. You stood strong for Florida. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Governor. Gracias, Governor DeSantis. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Governor DeSantis. 
Thank you, Governor DeSantis. We'll say it here, too. You're an inspiration to uh, to all of us out there, and you are a uh, example of what a Republican governor should be doing in this day and age. So keep up the good work. Uh, I get it, guys. Political ads are, are cheesy. All of them are. They have a little bit of a cheese factor to it, and so did that one. But the point of it was great. Like, it's all these regular people, you know, talking about thanking the governor for letting them do their job. You know, the construction worker who was actually able to work in Florida, uh, mechanics, teachers. You get the kids thanking him for allowing them to go to school, you know, allowing the, uh, people to go to church. All of it. And, you know, like I said, a little bit of a cheese factor. You get the you get the gracias Governor DeSantis even thrown in there to to show the Hispanic population. Oh, oh, sorry. The uh, Latinx population there in Florida supports him as well. So overall, though, I like the message. Very simple, straightforward. Uh, This is a guy that did not lock everything down, did not tell you what to do, did not tell you that you had to stay in your house uh, under threat of. government interference i guess so i think it hit and that's why he's gonna win his re-election pretty handily i bet next all right here on the third right of the week we get to go to our favorite uh white house reporter mr peter Ducey himself zach morris Ducey. it'd be funny if uh me and juice could make it up to dc we'd be sitting there <laughs> outside outside as the reporters are showing up for work Acting like fans, hands out over the over the railing. Deucey, can I get a deuce? Hey now, deuce. Yeah, yeah, deucey. <laughs> We'd be trying to get the guy's autograph, posing for pictures with him. Oh, I got a new pair of loafers. They're called the Air Deuceys. <laughs> this guy's great, though. I love him. Uh, always there to ask a tough question. And he's just right like when he asks them he he doesn't even do it in like a combative way he just comes prepared for his job asks the right questions and kjp has no clue what to do but don't forget she's extremely gay and she's extremely black so that's why she's qualified for her job ladies and gentlemen but why don't we get to the uh let's get to the clip juice number three oh peter thanks green a follow-up about the MAGA Republican attention. So if we're all in agreement that it is incorrect to say the 2020 election was stolen, what about the 2016 election? Look, I'm not going to go back to where we were or what happened in 2016. We're going to focus on the here and now. We're going to focus on what's happening today, uh, this inflection point that the president pointed out uh, very clearly, very decisively uh, in, in a few speeches about what the country needs to do at this time to bring the country together. And he believes that's where majority of Americans are when it comes to protecting our democracy, when it comes to protecting our rights, and when it comes to protecting our freedoms. That's what we're going to talk about. That's what we're going to focus on, on where we are today. But just in trying to understand the new attention on the MAGA Republicans, you tweeted in 2016, Trump stole an election. I was waiting, Peter, when you were going to ask me that question. Well, here we go. You tweeted Trump stole an election. You tweeted Brian Kemp stole an election. If denying election results is extreme now, why would So let's let's be really clear that... That comparison that you made is just ridiculous. I have been, I have been, well, you're asking me, you're asking me a question. Let me answer it. And you said it was ridiculous. I was 
I was talking specifically at that time of what was happening with voting rights and the what was in danger of voting rights. That's what I was speaking to at the time. And here's the thing. I have said Governor Kemp won the election in Georgia. I've been clear about that. Uh, I have said President Trump won the election of 2016, and I've been clear about that. What we are talking about right now is Let's not forget what happened on January 6, 2021, when we saw an insurrection, a mob that was incited by the person who uh, occupied this campus, this facility in, at that time. And it was an attack on our democracy. Let's not forget, people died that day. Law enforcement were attacked that day. That was the danger that we were seeing at the time. That's what the president has called out, and that's what he's going to continue to call out. So, yes, when you have MAGA Republicans. We got to cut that one off. I mean, she she just finished on that. Anyways, I think I forget what the last thing she said there. MAGA Republicans causing an insurrection. That's what she wanted to bring it back to. And. Guys, this whole episode's been about narratives and framing things a certain way, and uh, that's why the left tries to do this. Did you hear hear what she tried to say there? Like, uh, she can make an excuse for using the same kind of rhetoric, the same questions, uh, the same the same claims of stolen elections when her side doesn't win because it was about voting rights. It was about um, voter suppression, right? So that's the narrative she she used to shift it, where Ducey's like basically, guys, is it is it right or is it wrong? You know, I wish he said that. We could have got a hashtag on there, maybe trending on Twitter for the show. But simply put, that's what Ducey's trying to do. And she wants to muddle it up. She wants to make it a gray area. She wants to make it, uh, oh, oh, let's examine this a little bit deeper. No, it, it, is it right or is it wrong to challenge elections, to to say that they're rigged or, or whatever, whatever it may be, to accept the results of an election. That was the way they started the question. And she clearly did not. We went through four years of Trump being called an illegitimate president. Russia hoax, right? Um, Al Gore is still flying around on his private jet telling everybody that they got to go green, that the world's going to end because of climate change. But he uh, also still thinks that he won the 2000 election against Bush. So whenever Democrats lose, they're allowed to call it rigged or, or not rigged. They'll say uh, voter suppression, right? That's what they try to do. Voting rights. But when Trump loses, he can't say, oh, you changed all the rules leading up to an election because of uh, COVID. You, you turned election day into election season. It went from one day to three months worth of an election. We had widespread mail-in ballots for the first time ever in a presidential election, and you can't ask the question if that had anything to do with it? Now you're a threat to our democracy. And she wants to tie it back into January 6th. A bunch of idiots storming the Capitol. People were murdered? No, they weren't. One person died on January 6th. Ashley Babbitt. She was shot by the, by the Capitol Police. People hurt police officers. No, they didn't. The police opened the doors to the Capitol for them and got out of the way. I'm not saying those people were justified on what they were doing. They they should have stayed outside, protested peacefully. But let's not try to act like they were they were this grave threat to our republic. And the left has been doing this all all week with uh, the 21st anniversary of 9/11. We've already touched on this too, but that's why they wanted to tie those two things together. Narrative, narrative, narrative. It's all about that. And when I do it, it's good. When you do it, it's bad.
That's the left's philosophy in a nutshell. Because I win. Next. All right, let's go back to former President Trump. Uh, and this is from that same speech that he delivered. Uh, I think it was the day after. It might have been two days after the uh, ominous red light Biden speech that we spoke about earlier. So here's, here's what Trump had to say about, about the Biden speech. Juice. Number two. Joe Biden came to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania to give the most vicious, hateful and divisive speech ever delivered by an American president vilifying 75 million citizens plus another probably 75 to 150, if we want to be accurate about it, as threats to democracy and as enemies of the state. You're all enemies of the state. He's an enemy of the state. You want to know the truth? The enemy of the state is him and the group that control him. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Ashley, this one's for you. Uh, gotta love President Trump's cadence. She teases me at home and thinks I use the word cadence way too much, but uh, I'm a big cadence guy. Uh, and, and the Trump one there, I mean, that's just classic Trump. Joe Biden came to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. Um, but he's so true. And you know what I like about this is for all the talk about Trump being uh, dangerous and 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 vicious and and all this stuff, he made that about Joe Biden. He said Joe Biden is a danger to our country, to democracy, a threat to democracy. Joe Biden made it about us. He didn't say Donald Trump is a threat to democracy, although the the left says that quite a bit. That Joe Biden speech was all about how. MAGA Republicans are a threat. And I like how they, they, you know, they couch the Republican pot by throwing a MAGA in front of it and think that there's somehow a difference. I mean, if you're Republican, if you're conservative, if you're pro-life, if you're pro-family, if you want your borders protected and shut, uh, you're a threat in Joe Biden's eyes. And Trump's absolutely right by by calling him out as as being the true threat. And you watch that speech, you see the video, he's the one standing there in all black with the red background and the Marines behind him talking about people that don't agree with me are a danger, an extremist, uh, and, and a threat to our very democracy, our very country that we that we live in. So that biden there and that speech seemed like a guy who would have no problem doing anything he can to jail and punish and shut down his political opponents great job president trump next all right here we go we're at the number one right of the week and i'm not even going to give it much of a setup because this is a little bit of a longer clip juice keep you keep your finger on the button because i might do a little stop and start during this one but uh I tried to I tried to chop it down a little bit, but it's just so good that I that I couldn't uh, figure out where to end it. So this was a TikTok put up by a man who uh, it just simply said a message to the president. So let's hear what this guy had to say. Number one, right of the week. Hi, everyone. This message is for the president of the United States. So if you know someone close to him, please tag them so they can bring this to his attention. My name is Alma Ohinio Pari. I'm a person of faith. 
a husband of 16 years, and a father of four wonderful children. I am also an immigrant to the United States of America. I came here at the age of 19, full of hope, optimism, and a willingness to do what was necessary to achieve the American dream. After 18 years of waiting and hoping, I was finally granted the privilege of becoming an American citizen in 2021. Today, I am a proud American, a law-abiding patriot, and a man willing to defend the principles and values that made America great and brought people like me here. Mr. President, I am also a conservative Republican, or what you have recently labeled a MAGA Republican. Over the last few days, you have looked into the camera and called me and millions of other people like me extremists. You have told me and my children that we don't matter to you because of our beliefs. Your spokespeople and the media have labeled us dangerous, full of hate and a threat to democracy. You went as far as to suggest that we would not stand a chance against the government's F-15s in defending our country from tyranny. Your party leaders have taken your cue and called us terrorists and all this without taking any time to acknowledge our humanity, listen to our concerns, or seek to understand our fears. All right, let's stop it there. Uh, great job so far. And I, I remind you, he's sending this message to President Unity, the guy who in his very first speech as President of the United States talked about erasing the division. Just the other night, I think he stole the Obama line about the no no blue states, red states, just the United States. Yet a conservative Republican like this man, an immigrant who came here to pursue an American dream, feels like the president does not give a shh about him. I was born in a country where my rights were not always guaranteed. And to hear the president of America and the leader of the free world dismiss more than 70 million of his own countrymen as fringe and extreme and not worth listening to breaks my heart and makes me wonder what I should tell my children about the future of this once great shining city on a hill. This is the reason many of us embrace the call to make America great again. It is because we believe our great nation is under a moral, fiscal, and spiritual assault. We are MAGA because we want to restore the promise in the hearts of our children that this is the place where their efforts will be rewarded and where their true potential can be realized. We are MAGA because we believe in freedom of speech, the freedom to exercise our religion. We believe in limited government and the rule of law. We are MAGA because we love the Constitution and believe our founders established a means for we the people to defend it from enemies, both foreign and domestic. Hold on, hold on, hold on. And you know what? I love the fact that this man said he came here when he was 19. Listen to the way he's talking. We believe our founders. It's amazing. That's what you want. And the left refuses to say that nowadays. They don't even strive for that anymore. If you immigrate to this country, you should seek to assimilate to this country. Not saying you have to disown the place you came from. That's still where you were born, your home country. 
But when you come here to America, you're pursuing the American dream. You are coming here to become an American. So I love that he embraces that. And and he wasn't born here. But that man is what America is all about. And he has that. And he's bought into it. He believes it. And he he sees the value in it. And that's the frustrating thing when you deal with all these uh, left elitists, the, the college-educated suburban voters who have no clue what this man understands. Let's keep it going. I am MAGA because I want to be able to look into the eyes of my four black children to assure them that they're not victims, that they hold inside them what it takes to achieve anything they set their hearts on. We believe our leaders should put America and its interests first before any other nation. We believe our government should not saddle our children and grandchildren with insurmountable debt, chasing after a misguided idea of controlling or changing the course of the climate. Millions of us were horrified to witness what happened on January 6th and believe that justice must be served. But we also see through the attempt to paint all Republicans with a false moniker of insurrectionists and to conflate the genuine misgivings of those who feel disaffected and disenfranchised with an unfounded accusation that we are somehow against democracy. We are MAGA because we love law enforcement, but doubt whether the Justice Department or the FBI can be trusted to deal fairly and impartially when they have given us clear and repeated evidence of their political bias against half of the country. As a new American, this November will be the first time I get to exercise my right to vote, a right I've waited nearly two decades to earn. I understand the urge during an election season to attack those you see as political opponents. But Mr. President, I am not your enemy, and the tens of millions of MAGA Republicans are not filled with hate towards anyone. We love this country. We are heirs of the great legacy of freedom this country has afforded us and wish to exercise our right to be heard and not demonized. So I ask you, Mr. President, to tear down this wall of divisiveness and division that seeks to pit your fellow citizens against one another. Heed your own call for unity and lay off the rhetoric that seeks to demonize and defame millions of people who would give their lives and fortunes to defend these United States. If you believe in the redemption of America, then give my children a reason to hope, a reason to believe that our best days are ahead of us, in spite of the challenges we face as a country. Thank you for listening. Wow. Love it. Much like I said uh, in one of these in the past, the only thing I would have changed was the thank you for listening at the end, because unfortunately, he will not listen to that. And his supporters won't listen to that. The people that can influence him won't listen to that. They'll dismiss it. Gotta love how the guy dropped that little tear down this wall uh, (laughs) nugget in there at the end, too. But I think my favorite thing that he said was talking about the first time being able to vote this this in this election coming up and how he's waited to earn this right to vote. He understands that it's not an entitlement, that, that he wasn't entitled to just come into this country and 
vote in its elections. He had to become a citizen of this country and he had to earn the right to vote here. I wish uh, more of us had to earn that right, even people born here, because it's something that's taken for granted and it's uh, extremely frustrating and it's part of the problem. It's why we're in the position we're in. Too many people in this country either don't care, don't understand, or don't want to understand what's going on politically, why it's important to vote, what the whole process is even about. And it speaks to the lazy American caricature out there that goes around. And typically the lazy American is the fast food, chubby, loud, obnoxious person that's traveling in other countries, right? And and kind of acts entitled. See, I think it's more where we're lazy, entitled, uh, and fat and happy being brought up, being born and, and being born into the most lucrative, successful, strongest country that's ever existed. And we're ripe for the picking, unfortunately, because not enough of us understand uh, where we came from and why it's important to preserve the government and the structure that was created and established for us. What's what's one of our juice? The one of our favorite songs in Hamilton. There, uh, the one they're singing to the to the newborn children. You will come of age in in our young nation. Bleed and fight for you. We'll make it right for you. And if we lay a strong enough foundation, we'll pass it on to you. We'll make the world a better place, and you'll blow us all away. They did. They made the world a better place, and they passed it on to us. And it's been going and going and going and going. And we're not making it a better place anymore. We're failing. We're forgetting what was passed on to us, what was created for us, and what was left for us. This man gets it, and we need a hell of a lot more people to get it. Next! All right, and that, that'll do it for the rights of the week. What another great uh, segment. Nice job on the clips over there, Juice Box. And, uh, yeah, let's continue on with the rest of the show. You will come of age with our young nation. We'll bleed and fight for you, we'll make it right for you If we lay a strong enough foundation We'll pass it on to you, we'll give the world to you And you'll blow us all away Alright, so have you guys heard about this uh, story with the Duke volleyball player? The, the female volleyball player out there at a game against BYU? I'm sure you have. It's been all over the place. You turn on ESPN, you get Stephen A. Smith barking up a storm about it. He won't stop talking about it. This is blatant, unequivocal, utter nonsense racism. And we need to do something about it because this is going to never stop. And we need to do something and we need to stand up because this is just ridiculous. Stephen A. Smith can't stand him. A race hustler extremist, always looking for the next uh, racial issue that he can bark and scream about. And guys always trying to, to use a new SAT word every every time he's up there ranting and raving, like thinking he sounds smarter by, by throwing a big word out there, yelling and raising his voice. That's that's his, his shtick. Well, let's be nice. Yeah. Let's be nice. We don't have to go there. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, but you didn't have to say it. I mean, good Lord. <laughs> Get back to sports, buddy. You're on ESPN. You're not, you're not, get, get out of the political world. I mean, that's why nobody watches that channel anymore. 
<laughs> sorry, you could tell I'm frustrated by this one. But the whole story was this Duke uh, volleyball player said that every time she was serving and trying to play during the game, someone kept yelling the N-word throughout the game. So it became this huge story. And, of course, it was um, it was at Brigham Young University. So great chance to get on, on top of a whole group of white Mormons and demonize them. Well, it's been an investigate. There's been an investigation. They've pulled audio. They got cameras everywhere, so video. They even went through like playing like audio without the commentating going on. Nothing. You can't hear. They couldn't hear a thing. They couldn't find a thing. It was in a gymnasium where, if somebody was yelling that out, there'd be million, not millions, because it was a girls' volleyball game. There'd be uh a handful of people that were in attendance that would have also heard it. You could you could clearly tell that this was nonsense, made up, hoax from the beginning. Yet we had to go through this whole ordeal, and we had to go through this whole thing about racism and the 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 difficulty it is to be a black athlete these days, and this, that, and the other thing. And lo and behold, it was made up. Is anything going to happen about that? What about the the girl who who said she heard this and and started this whole thing? She's still going to be treated like a victim, right? Because people are going to say like, "Oh, we could see where she was coming from. We could see why she would have felt that, though." No, she was perfect, perfectly fine to let some poor innocent kid take the fall and be labeled a racist scumbag for the rest of their life. She was fine with that because she values victimhood we reward that in this country these days how about the uh i i keep referring to them as my my game cocks here in south carolina because they're 20 minutes from my new home i was all excited oh let me get the college football team to follow i'm sticking with you juice staying dogs all day i got no respect for the university of south carolina anymore their women's basketball coach canceled a scheduled home and home series which would be you know south carolina play a game at byu this year and byu come to south carolina next year she canceled that agreement over this race hoax and now that it's come out as you know didn't happen not valid made up the coach doubled down she still stuck to her gun saying yeah we're we're still not gonna play them what a joke that is this Duke player is is a narcissistic, self-absorbed scumbag, and she should live with that the rest of her life. Anytime this stuff happens, it just makes these racial divisions worse and worse and worse. Stop it. How many more Jesse Smollett type of things do we need? How many more ropes need to be hanging in a NASCAR garage to be labeled a noose? All to find out that, nope, just, just a drawstring to close the garage. And the media run with it every time. And then when they get proved to be hoaxes, brush it off as like a, like I said at the top of this, oh, we could see where they'd be coming from though. No, they think it's okay to do this because you give such attention to it. It's like there's a reason why a streaker that that runs out on a uh, football field, they don't show them. And it's not because they don't want us to see nudity. God knows we got plenty of that in our culture these days all over the place. So they're not trying to save our, save us from that. 
they don't want to give uh, any any more fame or credit or reward to the person who's running out there. That's why they don't talk about it. That's why the camera pans away. Because obviously it's not always like a naked person either. They don't want someone to be like, oh, did you see me on the game? Did you see me at the Super Bowl run out there? There's a reason why a, a company like the Daily Wire doesn't say um, like a school shooter's name. They don't say their name when they're talking about them because they don't want to give this person any more fame. We need to stop hyping up these race hoax stories. Don't cover it until you have a solution. Don't blow onto the fire at the bottom of it. Is that a right terminology, Juice? You know what I'm talking about, right? You know when you get a campfire going and you're like, trying to get it to spark a little bit more. That's what I meant. I don't know what you're talking about. Stop doing that because this is absurd. But the fact that like a team like South Carolina is still refusing to play them even after this has been disproven is ridiculous as well. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we've gotten to the point in the show where we come to our always fun, always popular, come on, man, segment of the day. And before I do jump into that, I'd like to keep the uh, streak going of uh, shout outs again. We got some positive feedback from our brief little mini episode and the shout outs we gave on that and uh, want to keep that bus rolling, I guess. So if you're looking for a shout out, if you're looking to uh, hear your name on one of the fastest growing conservative podcasts in America, make sure to drop us a comment on uh, Apple, visit our YouTube page, comment on one of our videos there, give us a shout over there on Twitter. My name is at ddruka617 juice over there is at juicebox1423 and uh oh i forgot to tell you this one too i'm up over 100 followers now Woohoo! finally made it over the 100 followers mark juice very very proud of myself for that so uh interact with us uh on on the social media sites and we'll uh we'll we'll look to um you know give you a little bit of praise give you a little bit of love on the show one of these days so without further ado, I'd like to uh, give a shout out to Josh and Harry and Hull, Mikey and Booba back up there in Dot, Ron in Florida, and uh, Cindy, Rachel, and Kim up there in New Hampshire. Thank you guys for the support, and we're, we're happy to have you uh, listening, sharing, and uh, helping us promote the show out there. Keep up the good work. Couldn't do it without you guys. With that being said, let's uh, dive on into this psychopath that we've highlighted in the Come On Man this week. What do you think, Juice? It's disturbing. It really is disturbing. So this mom here is doing a piece uh, trying to get credit and praise and, you know, all the woke virtue signaling she could get from the media, from the left, from uh, all the cultural elitists that run our society these days by propping up the adopted child that she has here as a, uh, you know, virtue signaling prop because she has convinced and brainwashed this child that she's been allowed to raise and to love and to protect she's now turned this child into uh believing that the girl is uh now non-binary because i'm sorry you do not think this on your own this doesn't come up you don't wake up one morning and decide this you are manipulated trained and groomed into believing this stuff and all the evidence we need is in this video and this package in this uh, audio that we're going to play for you guys you can tell that 
These are coached, rehearsed responses by this child with the mother figure right there next to her, smiling along, shooting daggers into her, letting her know what what she is supposed to say to these cameras. So why don't we hear, uh, why don't we just go right to the clip? Juice, you ready for this? All right, so you want to talk about gender today? Yes. So what, what, do you, what is gender to you? Hmm. Like my birth parents said that I was a girl, but they made a mistake. Yeah, us too. Yeah. Right? So your mommy and I, we assumed that you were a girl. Oop, oop, oop. You hear that right off the bat? Like, my birth parents assumed I was a girl. And the, and the, the one jumps in. <laughs> yep, us too. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, and she's going to continue to coach from here. So pick it back up there, Juice. But then when did you set us straight? Well, I was at least like five or six. But it started before that. You kept sending us signals, right? You'd say, sometimes... I want to be a boy. Yeah. Sometimes I want to be a girl. Something yeah. just doesn't seem right here. Uh, 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 uh. uh, the child said that or you said that? Uh, hey, you know, maybe you don't feel so great here. Wow. Wow. I know you have a vagina, but maybe you're not quite a girl. What do you think? Huh? Do you think that? Do you think that? Do you think that? Don't you? Meanwhile, the camera, if the camera panned out, uh, you'd see the dad behind the camera holding up the, the, family dog ready to uh go deliver it to somebody else ready to go send the dog on its way oh your favorite video game your favorite your favorite stuffed animal the dad's sitting there ready to uh rip the thing's head off say the right things say the right things daughter you're not a daughter you're binary non-binary you're non-binary right 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 don't you feel that way you feel that way, don't you? Do you feel that way? Yeah, yeah, you do. You do, don't you? You started to feel that way, didn't you? Didn't you? Didn't you? Yeah. All right, let's continue. Well, I wasn't a girl or a boy. Ah, so what are you? Non-binary. Right. And how do you feel about being non-binary? Good. Your mom and I have tried our best to support you and make that like a something that's celebrated in our household. Have you ever spoken to your class about your gender? Yeah. What did you tell them? I told them my pronouns mm-hmm. and also my name. And why are your pronouns important to you? Well, like it, it'd be like if I just I was like, I can't remember your name. I'm just going to call you Susie. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be so cool, would it? Well, if you ever forget someone's name, you can ask them. Yeah, if you forgot their name, you can ask them. Or if you don't know somebody's pronouns, you can ask them, right? Yeah. Um, no, not quite so, yeah. I mean... If you don't remember somebody's name, you can say, um, excuse me, sir, uh, excuse me, miss, excuse me, ma'am, uh, and, and still interact with the person. Because you can look at them and see that they are a man or a woman. If you mess up their name, it could be anything. Sure, you don't remember that. Sir, ma'am, he, her. These are easy ways to communicate because they don't need any further explanation. They're self-evident. Continue. So asking is very important. Yeah. It represents you, right? Yeah. Like, how did it feel to, like, be able to share your story? It felt, like, really, really, really good. It felt really good. It felt really, really, really good. Yeah, it did feel good because we gave you an ice cream afterwards, right? Remember? After you first told us that? After we told you to go into school and say this? After we did this video, yeah, remember? Remember we bought you something? 
Remember we brought you on a trip? Because, yeah, you are non-binary. You are non-binary. Get it right. And think about the, um, the, the, the rail mom. Like, no idea what the situation is there, but she clearly um, is in communication with this foster mom, with the adoptive, adopted mother. Um, I, I'm not sure what the circumstances are, but who's to say that that's not being held over the, over the, the mother's head? Like, what if there's custody-related issues? What if there's um, some reason why the, the actual mother does not have this child in her custody? Do you think it's like now she has to go along with this non-binary nonsense in order to still be allowed to see her child? I wonder if it's anything like that because we know we know Turd Boy up there in Canada would be would refuse to allow you around your child if you uh, didn't go along with this false narrative. So that part's left out of this whole conversation. But needless to say, this whole transgender nonsense in children we all know where it comes from we all know it's weird um disturbed mentally ill adults in these kids lives that are putting their hang-ups onto their children disgusting and disturbing to say the least and uh, that is why this lady and, unfortunately, the manipulated child in this video, uh, I feel bad for her. I hope she is able to separate from these uh, this foster mother. Uh, but until that day comes, the two of them in their story deserve one big old fat classic come on man and that's our show for today thank you all ladies and gentlemen for joining us for another glorious episode of the right and wrong show don't forget give us a like and a follow and a share all the spots that we've uh listed out there for you youtube facebook spotify apple you know where we are but uh share it with a friend all right and until next week i have nothing else to say to you guys except thanks for having me show is produced by juice executive producer juice audio mixer is juice hair by skull shavers wardrobe and makeup by ashley ruka right and wrong song created by juice the right and wrong show is copyright 2022 from brian ruka yeah <laughs>